0: Welcome back to another episode of our podcast where we are trying to move our conversations about discipleship and church and what it means to be with Jesus beyond just the walls of a church building. Sometimes everything sounds wonderful uh, when a pastor or someone is speaking, maybe even at a Bible study, and it feels like, man, this is how I'm going to do it. This is where I'm going to go, and I'm going to go live my life and follow God in everything I do. And then we get into work, or we get at home, or then we get into complex relationships, we get into worldviews, or we see things on the news, and we just try to figure out, what is my response? What do I do? How how do I uh, live in this world? And so we've been trying to have this kind of conversation and dialogue about that If you're new with us, uh, my name is Pastor Dan Hertzler. I'm a pastor at a church called Refuge Church in Manor, PA. And with me, I have these two guys. I'm Mike. And I'm Ryan. And we are just kind of having these ongoing dialogues about what it means to be with Jesus. A lot of times, we focus on what we do for Jesus, and we call that discipleship. But really, at the core, Jesus said that if we abide in Him, He abides in us. If we are with Him... He is with us, and we join Him in what He is doing. And so that's more of a relationship. But then there has to be evidence of that relationship. There has to be things that flow out of that, how we treat people, how we live on mission, how we use our gifts and talents, uh, how we uh, just even see the world. So uh, these are kind of conversations that we've been having. And lately we've been talking about uh, some just different passages in the Bible, uh, maybe a verse or two that uh, come up, and uh, maybe we have some different thoughts of it, or we we aren't quite sure of in the interpretation of it, but or we've heard it used a certain way, and then we wonder, well, what, what does that mean? Um, and so we've been uh, doing that, and today we want to Continue that discussion and dialogue, and we want to uh, look at one that uh, probably everybody knows uh at some level, even if you don't attend church uh, you probably realize the very first verse in the entire Bible genesis one one in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, There's uh, a lot, not a lot there, uh, pretty simple, uh, pretty straightforward, but yet within that one verse, it it, um, can be really a a foundation about uh, which way you're going to head, which direction you're going to go. If you're a person that says, well, maybe God did create, maybe God didn't create, maybe we got here through other means, maybe there's other things that have happened. Uh, then you open up the avenue uh, in your journey to say that, well, maybe things aren't quite as ordered. Maybe there aren't a plan or a purpose. Maybe there isn't uh, an intelligent design. Maybe things are more random. Uh, and and that can send you down a lot of different directions, a lot of different paths. Or if you're a person that says, yep, God created, uh, this is exactly how he created, because this is what the Bible said, and that's 100% true, uh, then you run into some difficult ideas or thoughts on uh how other things uh, maybe like science and uh, you know some of the the things that we learn in school uh we don't know how to put those things together we don't know how to how to make those things work or even if they should work and we move down a different direction. So this one verse, uh, the very beginning, has a lot, a lot to say, I think, about discipleship. And so we want to kind of open that up. And, And Mike, I'm going to throw it to you first. Just, you know, maybe your own experience learning that or being taught that or just kind of your own thoughts. You know, when you think about in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that this verse, much to, you know, essentially what you're saying, it is a fountainhead of theological thought. Um, and theology is right. That's just what we think about God. And, and I, I think that we can sometimes overlook this verse, um, because it seems so straightforward and it seems so simple. But I heard a pastor say once that if you get this verse, right, then the entire rest of scripture makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, that acknowledging the reality that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And I think for me, there's kind of two stark uh, realities that pop out right off the, the the jump. One is that there is this being called God. And the other is that I am not this being called God. Mm. I did not do the creating. So therefore mm-hmm. I am not whoever this is talking about. Yeah. And I think it also raises a question that if this God exists, then i must endeavor or embark on um some sort of like journey and path to try to figure out you know first who that god is yeah and then second what my relationship or standing before mm-hmm. this being is mm-hmm. and um i think sometimes you know i have friends that i deeply respect and care about but i i wish that they would not stop at i believe that there is a god i just don't know that we can figure out mm. who yeah. that being is and i understand that line of reasoning but i also think it's kind of foolish sure because unless you have thoroughly mm-hmm. investigated which is beyond google's capabilities mm. um who this god might be and and i think that there are uh, a number of options Available, even though there's only one that in, is true, I think you know that's yeah. satisfying. That yeah. satisfies the answer. Um, I don't think you can land there. Yeah, hmm. uh, and, and, and that would be a daunting place because to acknowledge that there is a God and to not care about your position before this being, yeah. Well, then how do you know that you're okay?
0: Yeah. Hmm. One of the things that is sad in the last, you know, roughly probably I'll say 150 years or so in modern thought is um, the escape of thinking that the study of God is as valuable or as equal as the study of mathematics or or science theory or, or anything else. Uh, you know, some of the great thinkers throughout all of history, uh, you know, I know I think Sir Isaac Newton and, and, you know, people that we revere in the mathematics or science world have always held high the study of God in the midst of those things as well, too. Right. And to your point, the pursuit of that knowledge, the pursuit of that understanding, if this is true, if Genesis 1-1 is true, that God in the beginning created the heavens and the earth, uh, that that sets us off in that different direction, just to start now wondering. Okay, uh, is there purpose and reason? Is there logic? Is there order in our in our system? Okay, in our universe, in our solar system, in our uh, ecosystem. Uh, you know, is there uh, a plan? Is there a purpose? All that kind of stuff. And then, where where do I fit into that? Or did somehow? Uh, was I left out of that, or was I a mistake, or was I forgotten, or was I uh, just random part of that? Uh, it be- begins you down that that path where, you know, uh, almost every single day that becomes something of something in our lives. Maybe we don't sit down and answer that every day, but we are thinking every day about life and circumstances and whether or not there is things that matter or what matters or what doesn't matter. So um, yeah, I, I think this is one of those things that, um, you know, obviously if you're listening, you're probably someone that attends church um, or knows something about God. Maybe you're not. I don't want to overassume, assume but uh, this sounds really foundational and almost too elementary, but it, it is not. Yeah. Um, it is so much more and deeper than that. So Ryan, just, you know, for you as well, like what were your first thoughts or first understanding of all this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I, I, mean, growing up,
2: my mom would get me the, um, what's the Ken Ham creation museum? I think. Yeah. Answers in Genesis. Answers in Genesis, yeah. Answers in Genesis. So like, I love those, you know, as a kid, just flipping through them and seeing all the stuff and whatnot. And I went to see like the Ark encounter mm-hmm. in I mean, that was just super cool. I mean, one, to see the actual literal arc, but then to walk through and... Wait, it was the literal arc? Well, like they... <laughs> they found it. Uh, they, Yeah, they found it, yeah. It was... Ken Ham found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then they had the Amish build it again. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so... Just the size of it. Size, yeah. yeah the yeah. literal size of it. Yes. Maybe not the actual literal arc. <laughs> um, but I think it was so cool just because they had many different exhibits and things that, you know, they kind of thought through Mm -hmm. how maybe different things in the Bible actually happened, you know, and, and it was just kind of really interesting because it felt to me like, you know, some really, you know, scientific thinkers Mm -hmm. got together, they were reading scripture, praying about it and just really wanted to search out, okay, how, how could God have actually have done this you know and to me it was really encouraging just to walk through that and and see it but um, you know I think the verse part of this verse and just even the beginning um, creation story I think what's so interesting is there's a process to it yeah God could have created everything instantaneously at one moment yeah he didn't need days and so it just just got me thinking well okay what's that saying about us, you know, and just the process, right, of becoming a new creation, right? Because we are a new creation, but then there still is this process of becoming more like Jesus, you know? And I think God's creation narrative might just foreshadow that even in this new creation that he made, he didn't do it all at once. So I think the same with us in our discipleship journey is, yes, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Mm. But yet there's still a process in that yeah. newness of becoming more like Jesus. Yeah.
0: And you bring up, you bring up a good point because there's, um, you know, a lot of different thoughts when it comes to uh, how did creation happen? Okay. You know, you're speaking more from a young creationist, six-day yeah. literal perspective. Others would look at that and say maybe it's, um, you know, just periods of time over a period mm-hmm. of time. There's even the, the gap theory, which uh, i partially believe in, uh, because I think there is an explanation for where does Satan fall and the angels mm, as well, mm-hmm. too, that all that kind of gets wrapped into this, and, and people get kind of bogged down sometimes with all that,
2: yeah
0: um, which I don't think the Genesis story really is the focus of that. Mm-hmm. I think the genesis story is to tell us there is a creator. Yeah. And that's the focus of it. That and we can live in tension with those other things cuz you know, uh, some people will, you know, I've heard people talk about well, you know, the, the you know the, the you know the years of the of the earth and the universe and I was thinking, well, even if you hold to a young creationist, that doesn't mean God didn't create what they call a parent age, right? Like he mm-hmm. didn't create all little baby babies around. He created things older. So maybe things are measuring older, so maybe our measuring tools are off, or maybe things are are you know uh, different times? You know, as, as obviously the the twenty four days is is one that's up for debate all the time. And, and hey, if you enjoy that, have the discussion, have the dialogue, enjoy the the study of that. But you still come back to. Uh, the realization that this is a story about God being a creator, mm-hmm. which is what we have to recognize. That's the emphasis emphasis of it. Yeah. Same thing I tell people when they study the end uh, in Revelation. We can get all worried about who's the Antichrist and who's all this stuff. And and again, hey, if that's your thing, go go ahead and do that. But in the end, remember, it's about a revelation about Jesus yeah. <laughs> and God winning, not yeah. <laughs> you know trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. So we got to be really careful in, in whenever we study these things, we don't get lost in that part of it, and we miss really the the real crux of this. And the real crux is that God created out of nothing, and Mm -hmm. He is powerful enough to do that. He is good, and He deemed these things to be good, and at the end of all this creation was us, who He created in His image. And in that image, He deemed it to be very good. Okay, And so, uh, you know, there's a part of all this where you know when i read this um and i'm going to ask you guys the same kind of question too is is okay so so when you read in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and, and then you you think about genesis 1 genesis 2 you know what what does that what does that mean really for your discipleship what does that really look like and and what does it mean every single day for me, I often go to this thought, and it's not original, Some someone somewhere had, had said it or I read it, which 95% of everything I say is not original, <laughs> I've read it or heard it somewhere, somewhere down the line, um, is that, you know, God created all these things, and it wasn't good yet until He created humanity, which I'm a part of, which He created me. And and there's just a, a warmthness to know that in a world where I oftentimes feel, do I matter? Do I care? Does anyone recognize me? Does anyone see me? To know that that God wasn't satisfied with creation until I was created. Now again, I can take that too far and think I'm better than anyone else, or I'm i a, 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 I'm you know so special that God's here to serve me. I'm not. I, I I'm trying to look at it in this proper context of saying God saw me, created me valued me, uh, and, and put me here. And although there may be days where I don't fully grasp why, and I wonder if things are just random and I don't understand the big questions. And, uh, there's all this tension between my, my feelings and truth and tent and the doubt that I may have. I'm reminded again that, that there's a creator that, that saw me, valued me, created me and made me. And there's a purpose behind that. And, um, you know, I, I feel um, a sense that I can draw near to that Creator. You know, as Mike, you said earlier, some people wrestle with, okay, is there a Creator and do I know that Creator? That's one of those things that helps me to draw near to the Creator is knowing that He created me and and saw me, valued me, uh, deemed me worthy of that, and I can draw near to Him, and I, I want to draw near to Him, and He wants me to draw near to Him. So, um, you know, Mike, I'll throw that to you. How, how does a verse like this actually impact your discipleship? Yeah, I think um,
1: for me, uh, one of the ways that that has happened is it it constantly informs me that reading scripture within my discipleship, like I'm never going to have it all figured out, and that it's good to return to passages or even chapters as you talked about with Genesis one and two and, and reflect and go through it. And, and, you know, even to, to wrestle with some of those things you were talking about, I mean, I've gone from being literal to all allegorical to then realizing that whether it's either one of those things, it's still scripture, which means it's still true. Um, and so being able to come back to, to that point and like, Oh, so I, I, there's things that we can disagree on and, and walk away from and still say, but this is still scripture. And it's, it's informing how we're supposed to live our lives. Um, I think, you know, one of the, the latest things in reflecting on that whole story is even in the uniqueness of the creation of, of humanity is that we were created last, which sometimes we want to joke and quip that that God was saving the best for last or, or something like that. But we need to remember that Scripture is, is timeless mm-hmm. in that it's it's still applicable and we're learning new things in this current age, and yet it's timely um, and applies very specifically to, to certain times. And, and it was written to a culture that would have seen the creation of humanity as scandalous mm. in that this is the last born of creation mm. and it's given rule over creation Mm -hmm. and it's called to reflect who God is. And that's, that's just like, that's wild. That didn't happen within homes, within cultures and all of that. And so, um, not to digress. I just, it's, it's that constant learning and and coming back. Um, and even just asking the question. So, okay, so if God is real Mm -hmm. and he created, is he even good? Mm -hmm. And then looking through that story and realizing, well, he, he has said what good is, Mm -hmm. Um, and has established those things, which then gets into the rest of the story. And again, not to digress, but I think it's a question that is he good? Mm-hmm. And, and how does that line up? What does that look like? So it's, yeah. it's, it's just, it's a lot of reflection. It's a lot of just
0: coming and thinking and chewing. And yeah. Good. Thank you, Mike. Ryan, what about you? As you think about discipleship, uh, how does a verse like this impact mm-hmm. you? Yeah, it's,
2: it's just recently, honest, honestly, I've just been thinking about even how God defines good at the beginning was perfect. You know, it wasn't just like, I think so easy, you know, we talk or you hear, you know, oh, I'm good enough or, you know, I'm good, good person, you know, but I think it just like lays, kind of draws that line in the sand of God's definition of good was, was perfect, Mm. you know? And so I think just in, in discipleship specifically, I think it's one, I think it's, it's being able to recognize that apart from christ i wasn't good you know i wasn't perfect no one was good enough um you know but then i think in that in that process it's it's looking at but but god is molding us shaping us you know and i think it's like really truly it's this restoration almost of this like garden living you know mm-hmm. we're kind of returning back to this this dwelling between god and man right You know, so I think it's cool. Like that's what this is kind of all leading towards. So I think it's just good to keep that perspective in in mind, just in the discipleship process of we're never going to be the finished work Mm. until we're fully reunited with Christ in that sinless reality of which isn't an excuse of yeah go do whatever, but it's you know I think um, I forget who it was, but. You know, someone a long time ago basically said like, you know, we, we beat ourselves up so much because we just simply, we can't accept like our own failure. You know, it, it wounds us too much, you know, but I think there is freedom in realizing Jesus is the savior. Yeah. We need saved, (laughs) you know, once and for all, and then. Jesus, you gotta help me yeah. again and again and again. Yeah. So I think it just really puts into
0: perspective: if He is the Creator,
2: He is the Redeemer, He is God.
0: Yeah, I think you know, and, and you, as you both are talking too, uh, because you both have believed the idea that God is the Creator. Um, that means that we have to keep returning to Him to kind of understand what creation is mm-hmm. okay uh you know it might have been 10 years now you know there's kind of that craze on the internet about a dress whether it was blue or gold <laughs> or, yeah. you know sometimes you see these different things people don't know okay you know and i guess it depends on a little bit about how your eyes work or whatever but ultimately in in that moment it's like okay i see this dress as blue you see this as gold who's right Well, the only one that's really right is probably the creator of the dress, the one that actually designed it. And that's kind of the way that life is, is that we can all have these different perspectives. Uh, We can see these different words, as Mike said, good. What is good? What does that mean? Uh, what I define this as good, you define it as good, and you know we live in a what we call a post-truth world right now, where everyone has their truth. Uh, I'm going to tell my truth, my story, th- those kind of things. Uh, where do we have ultimate truth? Where, where do we go to? What, what do we? What do we count on? What? What is? What is a rock? What is an anchor? And what is the fortress within these storms uh, of trying to debate these different ideas of what is good? Uh, we, We we go to the Creator. He's the Creator of of life. He's the Creator of creation. He's the one that has deemed these things to be. Uh, And so let's see what what He has to say. Um, And maybe uh, I'm not so swayed or or, uh, pressured uh, in a certain direction, or I can hold on to things. But, you know, even in that, uh, again, as Mike had said, we have to keep coming back to Him because we have to keep, okay, did I— did I read that because I read that on how I wanted to read that? Did I read that because someone else told me how to read that, or am I really reading what God is trying to say? Uh, and that takes sometimes some some work through. That takes some some things. I mean, one of the things they teach you uh, really as as people that want to teach the Bible is you gotta you gotta as much as you can just set aside your your you know. Uh, assumptions your 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 uh you know the way that you're taught or raised you got to set and just kind of allow the scriptures to speak for itself um and, and you know bring that out and and so we want to do that all the time because we want to know what the creator had to say about creation and so uh you know a verse like this um is one again that you probably just read fast sometimes because you've read it a thousand times but if you sit down and say what does this mean And then how does that draw you in? How does that draw you closer? How does that draw you to uh, know who the Creator is? And then to look at it and say, of all the other pursuits that I could have in life, uh, all the other knowledge I could gain, what would be greater than the knowledge I'd gain about who God is? Um, You know, as wonderful as other things are, and, and science is important, Math is important. Technology is important. English, all, art, all these things are they're important. Okay, but the greatest of the most important thing at all would be to know who the creator of life is and the creation of this. And, and to to wrestle, if if you're even wrestling with that thought, I would love to even ask you the question back. So so if God isn't the creator, then then how do we get here? It's one of the greatest questions we all have because uh, somewhere something had to start. And how that all makes sense, or what does that all look like, uh, that's one of those big questions. And and from the very beginning in Genesis 1, uh, God makes a statement and a claim, in the beginning was God, and He is the one that created the heavens and the earth. If there's anything we can do to help out, you can always email us at info at churchrefuge.com. We'd love to be able to answer questions or be able to help pray uh, through things with you. Uh, And uh, hopefully you continue on this journey as we kind of walk through. What does it mean to be in relationship and discipleship with God?